going to go to Mark. I'm going to read the text in Mark. Some of you are like, did you, you know, you have a special like, hey, it's a launch day sermon. No, I just got a straight sermon. I, I don't want to just focus on the fact that this is a launch. I want to focus on the fact that this is church. So I want to go to Mark. We're going to read this story. It's a beautiful story. You may have heard it if you've been in church any amount of time, like I have been. Growing up in church, I feel like my entire life was on the front row. At that time, and it still is back in Modesto, pews. We have chairs in here, but anybody know about pews? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I feel like you know, you know church if you've sat in pews before. And uh, it's so funny. I'm like, Dad, why don't we get chairs? He's like, you can just fit more people. You can just cram it in the pews, right? Like you just push them on in. So I remember growing up on pews. I'd sit there and I sat through, I don't know, countless sermons. I slept through just as many, right? Like it's, that's, that's me. That's a church kid. I'm a churchy. Do I have anybody that's a churchy, born and raised church? We're like the ones that need the most deliverance, right? We're the weird kids, right? Homeschool, right? Like, <laughs> we need some help. I, I want to go to Mark. I want to go to Mark 14. I'm going to read 3 through 9 again if you've been in church in my time. You probably have heard this like I have. It says, meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While Jesus was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant or offended. Why waste such expensive perfume? It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. You know who this was in this moment? It was shocking. It was Judas. Right after this story, Judas actually goes out and betrays Jesus. Yet he is concerned about what this woman is doing. He's the one that's going to raise his voice and he's out here about to go betray him. I love this next line. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing? I got to stop because a lot of times we do the replying when it was Jesus that we were supposed to let do the replying. Sometimes you don't need to say one word to people that are talking ill will over you or negativity. You just need to let Jesus Speak on your behalf. Let Jesus handle your enemies. Let Jesus handle the Facebook Pharisees. Let Jesus handle all your haters, the people that want to. Just let Jesus. Why? Because when Jesus replies, he's going to say what we never would have thought of. And here's what I love. He'll reply on your behalf, which means he's fighting for you. That he's got your back. The fact that he would stop what was going on, that wasn't his original mission, but it became his mission because some woman had the passion to bust in the party and say, I got to get Jesus. So Jesus what? Okay, I got you. I wish we would break through sometimes and just let God do some talking on our behalf. So it says, Jesus replied, leave her alone. Take a hands off her. No, those words that you spoke over me, those aren't true because I know what God spoke over me. That's what that said. I'm going to let Jesus' word ring true. It says you will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. I love this next line. She has done what she could. I believe that is the starting point of worship. 
to do what you can and let God do the rest. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. I'm going to jump right to John 4, 23. John 4, 23. It says this, but the time is coming. Then there's a pause in the text. And it says, indeed, it's here now. Someone say, it's here right now. It's here right now. What, what's, what's here? In the moment when I'm reading this text, i got to stop because we've heard this before. But God's trying to tell us it's time sensitive. It's right now. We can't wait for another moment. We make right now the right moment. To what? We're true worshipers. We'll worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father's actually looking for people. What does that mean? Spirit, I feel like spirit and truth. I feel like when we say spirit and truth, it's like, it's like a church statement. It's like you're walking out into the lobby. You're like, Ian, you know, how is worship? We worshiped in spirit and truth. <laughs> what does that even mean? You know what? I, I, I could break it down all the way to this. Simplify it. It means with everything we got. With every ounce in our being, with all the energy in my soul, my energy should not go to a Cowboys game. My energy should not go towards anything else that does not matter. But I want to bring my energy, my affection, my love, everything I got. Why? God's saying, don't wait till you feel it. Worship till you feel me. I don't want you to walk in your emotions. I want you to understand. We need to make right now the right moment. But true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, which is with everything that we got. So I'm going to talk for the next few moments. When I prayed about this first sermon, I said, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to speak to our church? What do we want to interject into the atmosphere on day number one? And so we're going to start a series. We're going to do a few weeks on this thought. Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. Everything. God challenged me to come up with something where I could describe our church in three words. So no matter what people are asking, what kind of church is that? It's a Jesus over everything church. Doesn't that answer every, what denomination? Jesus over everything. You just got to come to find out. Because they got this crazy white kid that just goes crazy on the stage. But he's filled with the spirit. So you just got to come because it's Jesus over everything. Okay. Okay. We're going to have fun the next few minutes. And then I'm going to send you right back out of that cold. Jesus, help us and melt the ice. Thank you for this church. Amen. Sometimes short prayers are needed. You know, I was, I was thinking about this whole context of worship. It's a very common, common item. We all know a, a perspective. We all have our own perspective, our thought process on what worship is. Now, whoever you are in here, I'm glad you came. Because whether you are barely saved, unsaved, very saved, we all worship. Every single person in here, you have a worship life. Whether you know it or not, you worship. Not just on Sundays either. I, I remember me and my dad, it was like a Father's Day. Um, so I, I am, I got to admit, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. And uh, there's a few in here, right? So, so 
Dallas Mavericks? So there's one passionate dude right back there. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, he's the ball boy. So I, I, I'm thinking about this, and we went to, it was two years ago. We went to game seven. Cavs versus Warriors. Steph Curry versus LeBron. This was pre-KD. He was not in the picture, so we were less confident. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we rolled up into the Oakland Coliseum, and we went in there, um, the Oracle, and so we, were, we, we got our seats, and it was incredible just being with my dad. We're like, this is game seven, people. Like, everybody's on level 10. Everybody's screaming, and they're just getting a soda from the concession stand. They are fired up about this game. I remember we got in the game, and there was one dude before the game even started was standing. He happened to be right in front of us, and he's just standing. Everybody's yelling. He was a Cavs fan. Everybody's yelling at him. And he's like, sit down. And people are just so angry. And he turns around and he's like, this is game seven, people. Don't you understand? Get on my level. He was, he was through the entire game. My man, for three hours, did not sit down. We were like peeking around him. I bet mean, this was game seven, though. We, took, we had to take it seriously. But I remember we're watching this game. In the last three minutes, like nobody scored. LeBron's blocking everybody's shot. It's frustrating. I know we got LeBron fans in here. But I was just, I was so for Golden State. I was like, come on. And I remember at the end, it just came down to the last shot. I think the Cavs had the lead. And the Warriors missed their, their, their three-pointer that they shot. And I remember looking around when the buzzer went off. Two very different reactions. There was nobody in the middle, except, like, the refs. Like, they were, but, like, everybody else was either ecstatic on level 10. Ex you've never seen them more happy in their life. You would have think that they, you would have thought they would just have their first baby or something, right? Others, warrior fans, depressed. Oh, they needed, they needed church. <laughs> they, needed, they needed a hug. They needed, they needed some love. But I'm looking at this, and now I'm starting to watch some of the Cavs fans, and they, they're just losing their minds, and they're running down to the front so they can watch LeBron take his MVP trophy, and LeBron's crying. Why? I understand. He played the game. I, why, why you're crying, sir, I don't really know. <laughs> he, he, he sweat, and he shot the ball. You just bought the jersey for 37 bucks. Like, right? Like, what are we doing here? We won. Who's we? You didn't play, right? Anyways, soapbox. I'm getting off. But I'm looking around and I'm walking out and I'm seeing two reactions. One, mountaintop. The other's a valley. And I realized in that moment God spoke to me and said, everybody worships. It's just a matter of what you worship. That worship is so much bigger than a set list. But worship is what you put your focus on. Because once you put your focus on, you will in turn receive from. You put all of your eggs in the basket of a sports team. You will be failed every single time. But when you wake up on Monday and you choose Jesus, when you get up on Wednesday and everything's falling apart and you choose Jesus, you will realize, I didn't need a four-song set list. I needed to choose something real. This is has to be real. 
It's more than a song, it's a life. This is everything that we do. Worship is not hour and a half right now. In fact, when you wake up on Mondays, which are pretty tough for most people, wouldn't it be nice to have Larry on this beautiful red keyboard right next to your bedside? Tickling the ivories, coming in with that pad, feeling all emotional. Good morning. It's time to get up. I've seen you move. You can move. You, 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 need, you need to move yourself right to, right to that bathroom, brush your teeth. You move. Get up, worship. Why? Because that would be... That, that, that would be insane, and that's a really weird picture all at the same time. Why is that insane? Because God did not create us to always need a worship leader. God did not create us to always, every single moment of our lives, need our pastor on speed dial. Why? Because some days he wants you to choose to be your own worship leader. He wants you to choose to be your own pastor. That you, when you get discouraged, you don't need a phone call because you got already a word. That I know who I am. I am who God says I am. I can get up today. I can breathe again. He woke me up on purpose, so I'm going to live with a purpose. Choose. What's your choice? What's your choice? What are we choosing? As a church, I pray that we choose everywhere we go, everywhere we walk, everything we do. We are filled with something real. That I don't have to wait till Sunday to get what God has for me. This should be a celebration on Sundays of a week of choosing Jesus. When it's hard, midweek, worship your way out of it. When you're putting that pen, some of us getting real, and you never thought you would be signing some divorce papers, worship right after. Because God still loves you just as you are, right where you're at, but you got to choose on your behalf what kind of worshiper are you. Are you one that waits to feel it, or you make your worship change your feelings? Man, I want to fall on my knees when I'm hurting. I want to lift my hands when I'm tired. Well, I want to neglect what I feel because I feel like in the church, it's like lift your hands, right? Like I remember when I was young and I, I you know, this was, this was real stuff, people. I was 10 years old at a prayer service. My mom is amazing. You got to meet her. And, and she, she turned around and she said, Micah, we're in revival. Look, people, I'm 10. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I just want McDonald's. Like, <laughs> What are we talking about? Revival. And you know it's real when, like, you know, mom has her shoes off. Like, Micah, this is holy ground. This is holy. Like, I thought that was carpet. <laughs> All right, cool. And, you know, she's doing, you know, she's doing that, the David, she's dancing, right? And she's like, this is revival. So she, and I'm like, I'm so shy. I'm like, I can't even look people in the eyes. I'm shy. How I ended up a preacher is God's joke to America, right? Like, this is strange. But I was so shy, I couldn't even function. Any shy people in here? You're not gonna raise your hand. You're shy. <laughs> I remember she turns around when she realized I was not responding to her yell at me that it was revival. And she came and she came to me and she grabbed my arms and she forced them in the air. And I'm like, no. I will not lift my hand. And she's like, you're gonna lift your hands, right? 
And in the moment, okay, yeah, okay, I'm forcefully now my hands up. That doesn't mean like I felt something because I felt nothing. I just felt kind of frustrated. I'm like fighting my mom, right? But I realized this is a lot like the church. This is a lot like us sometimes where we need people to force us to do things that were simple Christianity items. I should never have to force you to pray. I should never have to force you to want to read the Bible. At the end of the day, you should have such a passion welled up inside of you. That you would want to pursue God. But what happens is when we come to the church and we only lift our hands, when we're supposed to lift our hands, worship becomes emotional. When it's emotional, it becomes emotional. Then we only want to lift our hands when it's the chorus of what a beautiful name. Because what a beautiful name. And then tears are flowing. Oh, my God, I love this song. It's my favorite. What a beautiful name. We love it. But when you even don't believe that his name is beautiful because your life is not beautiful, can you still Get to a place where you choose. I may not see it. I may not know it. But God is working all things together for my good. I want a church that stands in the midst of trials. It says, I worship. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be shouting at you. I'm sorry. And I'm thinking about Mary in this story. Perfume. Comes to this house. Jesus is hanging out with some sinners, and she's at the doorstep. If she goes in that house, she's going to risk everything. You got to know a few chapters earlier, everybody knows Mary. She has a reputation. Yeah, she was filled with seven demons, and um, yeah, a lot of, everybody knew her for the streetwalker that she was. She's a prostitute. So everybody knows Mary. If she walks into any room, everybody understands that's Mary. She's putting everything on the line. She doesn't even know what Jesus' response is going to be. Judas is in there. Tax collectors are in there. The only one I don't understand why he was in there, and he probably doesn't understand himself, was Lazarus. Because he was just raised from the dead. He's like, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> like, is that bread? I can't eat carbs. Like, what are we doing? Is it gluten-free? Like, I don't know. Just eat it, right? God. So Mary stands at the door, and I believe this is a lot like us, that we have a choice to either go in to where he is, or we can stand at the door, call it church. We can stand at the door, call it a relationship. We can stand at the door and call it whatever we want, but the real fact is we're not even close to him. We don't know him. We're not walking with him, but I pray that we we approach Jesus like Mary approached Jesus, which is, I'm going to come as I am. I'm going to come with my reputation. I'm going to come with what I just did. I'm going to come with my dirty mouth. I'm going to come with my bad habits. I'm going to come with my secret addictions. I'm going to come with my, my messed up mindset. I'm going to bring it all. And I'm going to come as a, I believe as a church we should come as we are. Not as you think you should be. But that's the big difference because a lot of churches will tell you to come as you are, but they'll forget to tell you, stop coming as you think you should. Stop walking with, 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 with this mindset that i got to show people like I do read my Bible. Just be okay admitting some things. Be okay not being okay. Being okay being broken because you can't have a healer unless you've been broken. You cannot have a Savior unless you've been lost. You cannot have Jesus unless you admit, i got nothing without him. This is where we must begin. 
this journey, admitting we're nothing without him. And we will do whatever it takes to come as we are to the throne room of our gracious God. But come boldly because his grace is sufficient. And she falls at the feet. Beautiful moment. Dumps perfume on him, which is crazy, right? Again, I was raised in church, so when I read this story, I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. Is perfume. Oh. No. What man, while he's eating, mind you, some good old Mexican food, some enchiladas, while he's eating, what man would ever deem it okay to come dump your Chanel perfume all over Jesus? Right? A little sassy. You better not. But Jesus takes this perfume offering. Doesn't say anything. I'm waiting for a response. No response. I'm like, Jesus, why would you not say something? This was a moment you were reaching out to sinners. And he said, it was in my silence that I approved of her. That I realized from that picture she was worshiping, giving everything she had. But the timing wasn't good. It's never a bad time. The timing is never wrong. To give God everything you got. The timing is never wrong. You know, some people talk to me about giving and finances. They're like, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I can't give. I'll give what I have. See, that's the, that's the problem. It's more of a perspective issue. You already have, so you give. You don't give because you have. You give because you already have enough. He's already done enough. So there's got to be a placement. There's got to be a shift trying to help you. I'm trying to get to a place where I can say, no matter the timing, no matter the season, no matter what I'm facing, i got to come to Jesus and give him everything. May I never lay down the principles of Jesus just because of the pain of my present time. May I continually walk faithful. Even though I've been faithless, let me now continue and start new today. Can I get the keys up here? Make it sound really good. Um, is that funny how we do that? Watch. Jesus loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. No weapon for No, I'm joking. Okay. And um, I'm thinking about this story. It was my, my last moment, and I'm thinking about this. Why does she get perfume? Because most people, oh, it's worth the year's wages. And I love that. I, I usually preach that. But can I preach it this way first? Not just a year. It's not just, it didn't just mean a lot to her. But she used to walk the streets, Right? She, she would probably acquire a certain smell from walking where she wasn't supposed to be for so long. Probably dirty. Probably a little bit nasty. What would perfume do? Perfume would cover up the original stench of where she was to let people know she was never there. She's good. 
She didn't just give a year's worth of wages. She gave her cover up. She gave what she was hiding behind. She says, I can't fake my way to Jesus. I got to be real. I got to come to the feet of Jesus. And I got to be honest with myself. I may be having a breakdown, but I'm going to give who I really am. God didn't die for the fake you. He died for the real you. It's time to admit we need Jesus. Somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise because he's for you just where you're at, just as you are. We're going to be here running after God. Everything we got. Can we stand to our feet all over this place? Don't fake this thing. As a church, we're not in this to fake it. It's time to take the fake out of faith. I don't want to be in the declared, quote-unquote, Bible belt and not even look like the Bible. I would rather a relationship. I want something real. i got to get something genuine. It's okay to get to a place where you realize you've been tricking everybody like you're saved, but you are so far from it. What good is it to hide these addictions when God has the power to break every chain? It's time this morning. As we're closing, we believe in the power of prayer, we believe in the power of God, and we believe in the power of an altar. I want to tell you, as Mary was on her knees, giving everything to Jesus, it was a posture moment. Her posture had Jesus sitting over her. It's not that Jesus is just over everything. He actually was physically over. Hey, I'm over your hurts. I'm over your pain. I'm over your family. It's time to get back to a place where you're going to become undone at the feet of Jesus. Stop becoming undone at people's opinions. Do you realize she did not respond to Judas when Judas started talking about her? Why? Because when you're so lost in the voice of God, you don't have to respond to other voices in your life. you got to know the voice is going to respond on your behalf every single time. When you got God on your side, who be against you? He is for you. He is with you in this battle. You may be in a fight, but you need to know this battle's over. You stand on victory. That's who you are. So this morning, need to declare Jesus over everything, over everything, over everything, over everything, every item, every issue, every sin, every moment, every thought, every preconceived notion I had about church, every judgment that I've casted on people, everything I give it up this morning. Can we bow our heads across this place? And I'm going to ask a very real question. This is going to be the celebration of week one. The people are going to come home. You fought to get here. Don't fight to receive what you need to receive. I get to three. There's some people in here that need something real. You've been looking. You've been church hopping. Or you just haven't had church at all. But it's got to be real again. You're tired of life as normal. You're tired of life as of life as usual. You're just worn down. But, I pray. but this is the moment where you come back to Jesus. And God, I pray that you refresh us today. If 
you need to get right with God in this place. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hands all over this place. You're like, ah, that's a little bit challenging. I told you this is going to be a church that challenges. When I get to three, his salvation was already bought for you. You don't have to make one more right decision. The only thing you need to do is say yes to the person that gave everything. When I get to three and you need to get your life right with God, whether you've been hiding it, whether you've been fronting like you're somebody else, be real today. Are you ready? One, not looking around. Two, with all boldness and courage in your heart. If you want to get right with God right now, three, lift your hands all over this place. Lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. Hands up all over.